Hey everyone, welcome to our Beautiful Suffering Podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. I pray that you will remember you can find purpose in your pain. Check out today's episode. So many of you all know I started the Beautiful Suffering Podcast just a little while ago and it's been going great. But today we actually have something a little bit more serious and also triumphant. Um, we're going to be talking about cancer. Everybody hates cancer, right? Um, cancer just, you lose close loved ones. You might even know someone walking through cancer right now. And it's just not easy just to be able to walk through such a difficult, uh, diagnosis. So my hope and prayer is that this conversation will be a blessing. I thought what better way to make it be a blessing for you to actually make you be, have the opportunity to hear from someone who has walked through cancer and have overcame cancer. Um, and that's our special guest today. So without further ado, in a moment here, I want to introduce you actually to Miss Irene. She has an incredible story. So I'm going to let her in right now. So she's jumping in now as we get ready to get started here. Whoop. All right, let's get Irene in hey, here. What's, what's up, Irene? up? How are you? <laughs> How's going everything good. going? Thank you for inviting me today. No problem, man. I'm so glad that you joined. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started right into this. Uh, I'm so glad uh, that you are a part of this. I'm going to raise my camera just a tad, just to make sure. Um, but thank you all for jumping on. I see you. Uh, uh, is uh, Jarvis, I think, is in here. Yeah. Gigi's in here. When you guys jump in, show some love in the comments. Orlando, I saw you a moment ago. Um, Rickinson, what's up? I saw you a moment ago. Thank you so much for those of you who are jumping in through Instagram. Those who are going to be listening to this at a later point, thank you all for tuning into this as well. We're going to go ahead and get started into this. The topic today is what I'm going to be calling cancel cancer. Man, if we could just cancel this terrible disease that has caused us to lose so many loved ones. And man, I, I hate cancer. You hate cancer. Yeah. I think God hates cancer. But Irene's going to be talking about this. So first of all, um, Irene, why don't you do us a favor? Just introduce yourself. Tell the people a little bit about yourself before we go into the questions that we have prepared. Okay. So um, um, I, I was with stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer in 2013. Also, it was found that it was spread to my liver. Um, I had three masses in my liver. Um, as well, I am a nurse by profession. Other things about me, I love to travel, I love to work out, fitness, and different things like that. So. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Listen, um, I see you, Scotty. Scotty's in the building. What was life like for you before you were diagnosed with cancer? So before I was diagnosed with cancer, it was a five-year period where I was sick, no what I was diagnosed with. So I was going to different doctors and different, I was traveling Tallahassee, Orlando area, seeing different doctors, trying to figure out what's going on with my skin and the masses. Um, I had was misdiagnosed with realization of conditions. So I was taking medications and antibiotics and improving the masses. They were just getting larger and larger. So it was a very depressing period of time um, before I got diagnosed with a lot of my friends say they didn't notice it was emotionally, mentally, like just depressing during that time before I was diagnosed. What you feel made it depressing for you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, for me, um, 
my physical looks changing. So I didn't want to attend events and I'm really a social type of person. I like going to these weddings, different events and off, not wanting people to see me, not wanting to be um, out and about and um, kind of what was going on and not direct answer to what was going on with my condition. Man, I, I can't imagine. And that is one thing that's terrible about cancer. It automatically changes for many people, depending on what cancer they may have, how they look. You know, people have to cut their hair. Sometimes they have to do surgery. I know sometimes people with breast cancer have to actually remove a breast and um, talk about like completely reconstructing what is beautiful. Is that's that I can't imagine like the depressing feeling of not wanting to show up places because of you physically looking different because of what was causing uh, the cancer was causing your body. Man, that's. That's tough. So uh, you mentioned that people didn't notice. So like, uh, what was it like for you to have to actually now not be a part of these kinds of things? Like, how was that for you? Um, it felt like I was being left out and I lost a few friends in the midst because they felt like I wasn't there or I didn't. I just didn't, um, didn't want to attend, but it was something bigger than that happening. Oh, man. Man, that that's that's good right there, because how many times like you're going through something or many people are going through something that's tough and people can't necessarily relate and they take it personal. That's something that I'm still learning as well. Sometimes how people are adjusting around you sometimes has nothing to do with you. I'm learning that like because sometimes we could take personal what someone's going through. Oh, man, they didn't say hi to me or they're not calling me anymore. They're not responding. And we don't know what they got going on. And sometimes it's nothing with you. They could be having something personal that they're walking through and they need the space to be able to do that. And I think that's important that we give our friends spaces, space to be able to maneuver through whatever season they're, that they're going through. It's actually more selfless to give people that space. But let me ask you another question, um, Irene. Uh, those of you who are tuning in right now, we're talking about cancel cancer. And it's just something that we just wish we could just get rid of cancer forever. Like I wish there was a cure by now. Maybe there is and only those some people have access to. I don't know. But talk to us about during the cancer. So what was it like? Now you have this diagnosis. Now this thing is growing on your face and walk us through. I heard the story. It's a very powerful story and you did put it on YouTube. So walk us through like what was it like now that you have now that you're diagnosed with it and now you're walking through the phases going going to it. You could take your time. Talk about the chemo. Like I want you to be as real and transparent as possible because we don't talk about this enough. Knowing the answer even felt worse to know that, hey, I'm diagnosed with cancer at 28 when I thought that, you know, this was this can't be life. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to do all the other things I want to do um, by a house. It was wow. I was like, God, like that can't be the best thing. I couldn't grasp what I was hearing. And I shared it with a friend and I was like, I don't understand what God is doing, but I trust him despite um what's going on with me. So I started chemotherapy. I got diagnosed in June of that year, 2013. I started chemotherapy, losing all my hair, my skin complexion, darkening chemotherapy and vomiting and all different things. But I still continue to work. Um, so it was it, it was a rough time. I even remember praying one night, say, Lord, God, if you know, if you're not going to take cancer away, just take my life right now. 
So family and friends was so amazing during that time. Um, and then my faith in God. So you said something, um, I, I did write it down, uh, cancer will be the best thing that ever happened to you. That's crazy. So talk, and you said your faith in God. What was your faith in God like before the cancer? And then your faith in God like in the midst of while you're walking through chemo and stuff? Um, so I felt as though my faith got stronger. Um, and I finally understand now looking back that cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me just because it allows that foundation is not in my looks, is not in my profession, it's not in how much money I make, it's in my trust in God. Like it's in God. That's my foundation. That's my hope. So realizing that you realize the other thing in life that happened doesn't matter because your foundation and your hope is in Christ and you live or die, you live in Christ. Mm. So um, having that realization come to me, um, going through that journey, it, it became the best thing um, because it, it changed my whole mindset and my point of view in life. Wow. Yeah. Man, I hope this is blessing y'all that's <laughs> listening to this. If it is, put some uh, stuff in the comments, um, letting us know if this blessing y'all in any way is very, very um, powerful. Uh, you know, you talk about this concept of um, our foundation not being in our physical looks. And that's so powerful because, you know, especially like I know, you know, people wear makeup and they got to get their foundation right. Um, right. And like and how many times that people, if we're not careful, are finding our sense of beauty and value in the things that we're putting on ourselves as opposed to who we already are in Christ. And that sounds easy sometimes, but it's the very truth, because what happens when you can't look how you want to look or life hits you in a way and you're not in your best place or people when be women who get pregnant and they're in, going through pregnancy and the body changing or men going through different change stages of life. And honestly, when you get older, that's why even when people get married, right, is they, they, through, they say through sickness and health because you're young or a husband or wife is not going to look like that. Like at some point, my wife and I always, always say that at some point we both going to have facial hair. <laughs> it just is what it is, you know, um, and that's just the truth. But you're right that our um, sense of beauty and value is not necessarily limited to our looks. And that becomes the opportunity to to stretch that when we face those tests and we face those trials. Um, okay, your friends, because I don't know who all your friends are, but those people are, your siblings, the cousins, the, those people is amazing. That video you put out was blessing me. Um, why do you think it was important for you walking through cancer um, for your friends not to treat you differently. Cause I know sometimes when people are walking through pain and suffering, it's easy to be labeled as, uh oh, they go cancer person. Hey, wait, wait, shh, shh. don't, don't, don't talk to her too much. Cause I know she just did chemo or he, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Like, why was it important for your friends and your family to still, uh, treat you like a normal person because you are a normal person? Yeah. And that was important to me. I didn't want to be, you know, I wanted to be the same person. I'm it's, it's no different person here just because I got a diagnosis of cancer. And usually a lot of people have um and it's it's not in a bad way that it's not like a bad intention they have towards you. It's just that they feel so bad about what you're going through. So it's kind of like they bring that pity upon you. And it's like I, I just didn't want that. In the midst uh, of it, 
did you ever get to a point where you really where you thought you were going to die? Actually, the first dose of chemotherapy, I went into the hospital and they started um, they started an IV line on me and they started the chemotherapy. And once they started it, I had something called an anaphylactic reaction. And that's a severe drug reaction to a medication where um, basically your heart stops, your breathing stops, your whole body just shuts down. So that's why they always ask you when you go to a doctor's office or to a hospital, if you have any allergies to medications, because if you have that, they have to be sure that they don't give you that medication. But of course, I didn't know my body was going to react to that. Um, my sister was working at the same hospital at the same time. And uh, she said that over the speakers, she heard that they called the code blue. The reality of death is real came to me very quickly <laughs> because that was the first experience I had when I got the chemotherapy. So um, that was always in the back of my mind to know that if is if if I'm going to go to the direction of you know dying death that I'm still his like I'm still within his will I'm still, I'm still be living and being with him you know living or dying I'm still will be in Christ so I thank God for that revelation that I got to a point that I think that I was okay with dying some people don't even like talking about death and me and my family, we're always talking about, hey, when you die, what's your life insurance policy looking like? The reality is we're all going to die, you know, but it became more real when you get a diagnosis as cancer, that death is a reality. Y'all, listen, stuff she's sharing is so powerful. What's up, John? I see you. Uh, I saw you earlier, uh, Jean. I saw Sandra. Um, but listen, we're talking cancel cancer. This is what we're talking about right now. And just so many people we know that has walked through cancer that we have even lost. Um, but Irene is here sharing her story a long time ago. She was diagnosed uh, stage four and it was a very, very tough time. And honestly, just hearing her story has been absolutely um, just encouraging and incredible. One of the things she even shared earlier is that while she was walking through cancer, the Lord was even saying to her that this cancer is going to be like one of the best things, one of the best things that could have um, happened to you. And it became good for her faith, became good for her journey. She shared earlier, those of you uh, who missed it, about how like as the cancer was causing her, her actually literally like her face to change because of the swelling it became hard. She had to like disconnect from different hangouts and feeling embarrassed to be there. Um, and, you know, friends feeling like she wasn't there. For, she wasn't there for them anymore and losing friends with that process. But it wasn't easy. So at this point now, she's kind of sharing just some of the process of what it looked like trying to get to the other side. Um, of, of conquering, uh, cancer from the physical side, because we want to cancel, can't conquer it spiritually, but there's also a physical piece that's super important. So, um, sure. Okay. I think you're back now. Go ahead and share some of um, what you were sharing. You could just say it again. Cause I think no one heard it. Um, that was number one. I continue to do marathons, continue to train and run, um, started taking care of my health because once you lose your health, um, you realize how valuable it is. Um, and that's what I realized when that time that if, you know, without my health, it's not much I can do, you know? So I just look for ways and research with friends and families and my training on how to be healthier physically. And I implemented those strategies. Wow. I think you said you ran a marathon. Yeah. So, um, during that time, um, 2012, I started running with a group, um, CCC Fit, and um, 
I did over five half marathons and full marathon, which is 22 miles. Uh, yes, it was a long journey. <laughs> wasn't there wasn't there a part of the process where you tried? I, I don't know if it was when you were diagnosed and you still tried to do this run and you almost killed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I almost died trying to continue my same lifestyle. You know, my strategy to continue the same way of living. And my trainer, Gerline, she was like, you still got to complete this marathon. You still got to push through. She's 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 that type that she'll push you through. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to back down. I'm going to I'm going to do this marathon, half marathon. I didn't tell my doctor that I was going to do it because I know he was going to say, no, don't do it because of my immune system. So I went out there and I did 13.1 miles. Um I was basically walking and throwing up every mile on the sideline, but I kept going and it felt good to finish. You know, I felt really good that I could finish, but as soon as I finished that news, um, I had to be admitted into the hospital. I, <laughs> I spiked the temperature. And, uh, so I was in the hospital for a week after, so I don't recommend it. Okay. But, um, yeah, you're, yeah, that, that's, that's that's crazy. Um, all right. Question now is what would you tell someone um, who just received a, di a cancer diagnosis? That's hard. Uh, I did a memory verse, which is the one you said earlier. I used to always recite Second Timothy 1 7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind. So certain times you have to go into a CT scan and, and that's basically the machine that you lay down and they put you in that machine to, to check where the cancer is and how much cancer is still in your body and things like that. And when I would do those procedures, I'm terrified because I'm like, God, did it metastasize is it different parts of my body? And I'm full of fear, but I'm reciting that verse as I'm going in. I'm reciting that verse as I'm going to appointments, then you recite it um, different times that you're... Um, the different um, times that you are going through where you are fearful or scared or or just feel like you can't go on. So I try to laugh and look at the good things in life that were still happening to me and not focus on just the cancer. Um, I'm saying this to say a lot of cancer patients feel as though they don't have a voice anymore. So have your voice and tell your family and friends how to treat you and how you want to be treated. Yeah, that's really good. That was very, very good. Very, very practical and helpful, I think, for many people um, that uh, is listening now or may listen to this later. We or may know someone who has cancer, know how to connect with them or someone who may themselves uh, have cancer and themselves figuring out some ways to walk through it. Because, you know, some people don't have that story where it ended in a way that they no longer have cancer. They're, they're still walking through recovery. Um, I think that's very helpful because it shows us even how to be there for our friends who are maybe, who may be walking through that. And it's hard sometimes to know what to say and do when someone's going through something, but that's so good. Um, I love that you said it again, just that way of using your voice to communicate what are the needs that you still have and how you want to be cared for because, you know, you could still continue to be, uh, your own advocate in that, in that sense, you know, um, not being consumed with cancer. That's so good because our diagnosis sometimes can be consuming if we receive a diagnosis and it becomes all we think about, becomes all we see ourselves as, is all we feel like people see us as. I wanted to add one more point, Rev Kev, is that 
I also plan as if there was a time where I couldn't speak for myself, what were my wishes for my family? I didn't want them to be at a point where they didn't know my wishes. Um, if I needed to be intubated, like put with oxygen or if I needed um, different things, I put all that down. What I didn't want. Yeah. 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 Because if you want to care for those that are here, one of the ways you can care for them is by helping the plan to be smoother. You know, I always think about that with my wife, like, Lord forbid, if I would have passed away before her, the fear and the, the the sadness of feeling like she's alone. And I'm like, man, OK, but if that happens, what could I do to put in place to support her? And that's, you know, we have we have a thing. Um, we have a um, uh, we have like shared uh, passwords. So all the passwords are there. Uh, there's different things that's in place because nobody who ever loses a loved one needs the extra pressure of not knowing where anything is and extra stress. Then you got bills kicking in on certain weeks. I didn't know was which card and who signed that. And then now they got financial stress, you know, so that's so good. I think we, yeah, that's such, that's so practical and helpful. And honestly doing so doesn't mean that you're uh, accepting a, a verdict. It's you putting your faith into practice and having something practical in place that's prepared. You know, um, honestly, my doctor said something too that's very helpful with this. Uh, she always says, um, it's important. And this is in my book as well, but she always shares how it's important that when we, when we have problems, she calls them the three P's, which is so helpful. Um, whenever we receive a problem, whether it, let's just say maybe it's a diagnosis, it's so paralyzing and it causes us sometimes not to face what we maybe just have received or heard. But what she always says is whenever we have a problem, we want to, um, we want to address the problem. So what is the actual problem? Like when the, when, when the people were blind, saw Jesus and he said, what can I do for you? They didn't say, Oh, nothing. <laughs> they were actually blind. Like what is the actual problem? When we address the problem, the second thing is she always says we want to, um, elevate, uh, the promise, which is God's word. So what does God's word say about that particular problem? This is not me. This is my doctor. So I'm not taking credit for it. But um, what does God's word say about that problem? Like you can't, God can't, God's promises can apply to a problem that we're unwilling to admit exists, right? So what does God's word say about the problem? And then once we get the scripture of what it is that God's word says about the problem, and then she says, lastly, we want to, um, we want to create a plan. The reason why this is very important is because when we address a problem, elevate God's promise and create a plan, there is no way that the enemy can try to overwhelm us because one, we've, we've had a plan in place. Um, uh, two, we have scriptures, right? And we're not avoiding the problem. That's very important. So now, yeah. So if the enemy comes in your mind and says, Oh, Irene, look at you. Look, God forgot you. You're going to die. You're going to leave your family. Like, okay, I know that I have received this diagnosis and I know what God's word says. He's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And in the event, if God allows his sovereign will for me to lose my life, I have a plan in place that's not going to put any stress on my family. They just will walk through the normal grieving process, but they don't got the extra pressure of there not being a plan. And I think that could be very helpful for all of us in any situation of life. You lose a job, you lose a loved one, you lose some aspect of your health. You address, you, you address the problem, you elevate God's promise and you create a plan. That's where faith and works combined comes together for you to be able to walk in victory. All right. So Irene, um, how do, um, how do people, uh, connect with you? Cause I know there's might be some people who have more questions, um, that they might have, uh, just pertaining to the, uh, uh, cancer, um, or some people they know. So how do people find you? How do people connect with you? Um, also, yeah. How do people connect with you? You can look up rejoicing your suffering which is my Instagram name and connect with me there. 
Also, I have a website, Rejoice in Your Suffering. Um, I have a book. Also, I have a YouTube video um, that a friend of mine um, did for me. You find that on YouTube. You just put the search button and put on Rejoice in Your Suffering. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for jumping in. Thank you all for being a part of this, uh, listening in on this conversation. Um, before I go, I think there was a, there was only, there was one question earlier. I think Dell asked it before we close out. She asked this question. I see you, Dell. Dell said, I'm curious, what gave you your strength through this process? God, God, God. Holy Spirit kept me from the beginning, um, giving me a word to hold on to that I didn't understand. And um, God kept me through the end and still is keeping me. So, and I'm not saying that um, because there are people that um, have passed away that are strong believers and, and know God. I said, well, I, I don't know why he still has me here. Um, because I, I even had moments where I had a friend mom passed away. She has nine kids. So she left nine kids behind and I was like, God, how could, you know, you take her life and I'm still here. So there's something called um, survivor guilt that survivors deal with. Um, and I was going through that with that survivor guilt, but I have to trust God's sovereign will that he still has purpose and um, things for me um, to accomplish here on earth that um, he's still allowing me to breathe in the bit. Hey y'all, thank y'all so much for being a part of this conversation entitled Cancel uh cancer um this is going to be on the podcast dropping soon so if you guys just go ahead and subscribe to the podcast we're going to keep the com um, conversation um saved there um the link is in my bio but um hopefully we could get uh irene back again and keep this conversation going as well but thank you so much for sharing you shared so many nuggets that i know is going to be utilized to help so many people and if you're watching right now and you have a cancer diagnosis we're praying and believing that you shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. And if it's God's sovereign will that 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 is the case, that as Irene shared, that you know that nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. That even if it's God's will that you don't um, continue living, you get to be in his presence for eternity. But be encouraged. I pray that this video was encouraging. This audio or this recording was encouraging for you. And let's continue to trust God that even in moments where cancer is not canceled, we can still trust God in the midst. All right, y'all, I'm going to log out this thing. I'm going to see you on the other side, Irene. I'm going to see you on the other side. <laughs>